So I'm sure a lot of people at K2H don't know much about the history of nightclub, nightclub life, let alone nudity in Honolulu uh, with female audience, with nude waiters, with so many, so many naughty histories we don't know about. And today we're gonna be talking about that through this new film that's gonna be screened at the upcoming Hawaii International Film Festival uh, directed by Rick Kwan. So I have Rick here with the actual subject of his interview, Jack Zion. So let me just introduce uh, Rick first with his background. Rick is an award-winning journalist and documentarian. He is currently Get, get the times right, five o'clock, six o'clock, and 10 o'clock news anchor for KITV4 and the, the ABC affiliate at Honolulu, Hawaii. Rick also worked at KITV in the 80s. All right, dating you back, but I think, <laughs> John, I think Jack beats you on that one. Yeah. After leaving Honolulu in 1987, he spent more than 25 years here working as, not here, sorry, in San Francisco working as a sports anchor. Uh, and Rick is the first Chinese-American TV sports anchor in the country and the first Asian-American male to be full-time anchor in San Francisco. So there's a lot behind Rick and we can, you know, we should even do another interview, interview on him and sports. He's also won numerous awards for his documentaries on pioneering Asian Americans. Subjects include Ed Lee, the first American, Chinese American mayor of San Francisco and the acclaimed dancer Dorothy Toy uh, and world championship drag racer Al Young. Wow, so there's really interesting background. Rick, welcome to um, KTUH and- um, Jack, Jack Sayon, I'm going to introduce you by allowing you to talk about the history of the nightclubs uh, situation um, in Honolulu that you paved the path for. This really titillating, and I, and for the audience who kind of maybe remember, I had interviewed and aired a, a really fun discussion with Jack on the nude waiters that I hope you <laughs> will remind us of. I love it. Um, so why don't we start with uh, Rick telling us why you decided to finally do a story on Jack and this naughty nightclub history in Honolulu. Well, I was uh, introduced to Jack about two years ago here at the uh, Arcadia Retirement Home. Uh, we have a mutual friend named Cynthia Yee. And she said, Rick, Jack has this wonderful story. You should do a documentary about him one day. And so I said, oh, okay, fine, maybe one day. And so we kind of went our separate ways, but then I wound up getting the job here at KITV as a newscaster. And I remember what Cynthia told me that, you know, he might make an interesting subject. So I called Jack and I said, hey, let's go have lunch and just talk. And so we did. And then he showed me some of his scrapbooks. And I said, wow, this is a really fascinating uh, man here, a really interesting person. And uh, so it kind of went from there. That's why I decided to go ahead and make this uh, documentary about him. And, and it's, I, I guess it's safe to say that you have no connections to the story. You've never been to any of these nightclubs before in your 25 <laughs> years <laughs> in Hawaii? Before, before I got here. Uh, so okay. I had no knowledge of what had gone on before with these nightclubs. And okay. So it's kind of eye-opening to see this. Yes, it's eye-opening to so many people because it's kind of a lost history, a, a really interesting um, entrance into Honolulu's history. So Jack, please enlighten us. Give us a little sense of what it was, what year you embarked on this journey, how you ended up starting your first club, and then maybe we'll go from there. Yeah, that was back in 1959. And would you believe at that time, 59, 60, there were about 
28 nightclubs in Waikiki. Wow. And look what we have now. What, what's the number now? None. Oh. <laughs> at the really? Yeah, and a, a luau once a week at the Royal, once a week at Hilton. And then the hotels have guitar players. So and those no, have replaced the nightclub scene that you had known. Wait, oh. Waikiki was swinging. <laughs> huh. From the Queen Surf to the Forbidden City. Okay. Hot row. So when you can you just help us define what nightclub means? Because you know, in Asia, nightclub is a place where you can, you know, of course there are girls um, dancing and being the spectacle of the place. People come to drink, and but then there's also that choice of have being able to escort a girl out. And so, please explain what it means to be a nightclub in Honolulu. Well, a nightclub is different than a bar. A bar is where you just have a waitress whether she was topless or whatever. But a nightclub offers entertainment. Okay. That's what makes it a nightclub. And then of course you have a supper club, which is a little more elegant than a nightclub because the supper club will feature name entertainers, you know, uh, stars where a regular nightclub featured drag acts, strippers, uh, novelty acts, here in Hawaii, lots of Hawaiian acts. If you, you recall, the Queen Surf used to have Sterling Mossman was there for years with Varroa Tiki. Uh, the Irikai had two nightclubs. The Hyatt had a nightclub. The Royal had the Monarch Room. That was a supper club. Okay, so did these clubs... Um... Were the entertainers mostly white or a local, Hawaiian, Asian, and who were the audience? <clears throat> In those days, it was mostly white and Hawaiian. I came in and brought Asian and black. They never had any black entertainers. And we, I thought there's a need for that because we, the military, Hickam, Pearl, and Schofield, had lots of black servicemen and they not have any black entertainers. So I had two black clubs, one downtown Hotel Street and one in Waikiki that we featured strictly black entertainment. Interesting. What were those called? Uh, they were one was a backstage lounge and the other was the show bar on Hotel Street. Wow. Again, these histories, I don't know where we access this. Rick, was it hard for you to access the material to help support the film and bringing back all those really archival moments? Well, fortunately, you know, Jack has several large scrapbooks with newspaper clippings, advertisements, you know, about nude entertainment here and there. Uh, what was difficult though, was finding video. Uh, there really doesn't exist any film of the nightclubs and Sadly, a lot of the, his contemporaries have passed away. So there weren't a whole lot of people uh, that were available for me to interview. But fortunately, again, Jack, because he kept all these scrapbooks, old photos of him, uh, some of the uh, entertainment that went on during these clubs, I was able to piece it together with that. So in terms of interviews, how did you manage to find voices who actually 
were part of that era or at least connected to that era that offered some insight into it in addition to Jack's testimony. I got a few of my old friends. They're all ah. 80 and 90 years old. <laughs> we were the nightclub crowd, remember? Everybody went to a nightclub in the 60s and 70s. That was the place to go. They didn't have computers and iPads and cell phones to stay home and play with. So you went to a nightclub huh. two or three times a week. Yeah. I will say I was able to, um, Jack put me in touch with his sister. Uh, and so I was able to track her down in Scottsdale, Arizona, which she now lives. And uh, she's now in her eighties, but she had very vivid memories of being his former dance partner. You know, his decision to make starting these nightclubs, how it kind of created a little bit of a rift between them because she wasn't all that comfortable with the nude entertainment. But uh, I thought it gave a nice perspective since she is so close to him. I mean, there's, yeah. you guys are so very close today. Very close, yeah. 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 So well, tell us about your sister, Jack. I mean, so you said, Rick, you said that she danced. She was a dancer in the show, too. My first wife was my original partner. And then when we got a divorce, my sister was right at 17 years old. And every dance step she knew, I taught her. Huh. So she was a better partner than my first wife. <laughs> my first wife was taught on her own and she had her own style where my sister had my style. And what so is that style? We, uh, ballroom, we did ballroom dancing first. Okay. Then we went into jazz and um, tap, and uh, we worked in all the nightclubs in Phoenix. Yeah, we should tell you before the nightclubs in Honolulu, Jack had a successful uh, studios, dance studios in Phoenix. And uh, he and his sister also performed at a showroom in uh, what was the name of that place? Westward Ho. The Westward Ho, that was Hotel, in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that, that was his big claim to fame then as a dance team before he moved to Honolulu later and began opening nightclubs. And I okay. moved here with my second wife. Okay, you know, I can't keep track with your- um, <laughs> With my wife. <laughs> Just two, right? Two. Okay. okay, but still, I mean, there are many women in your lives because, because of the nature of the um, nightclub. Uh, what I mean is the, the dancers that you brought in and the the, the life you brought to the stage in a in a very groundbreaking way. So so when you're in Phoenix, that was just um, classical ballroom dancing. You didn't start the the topless dancing until you got to Hawaii. Is that right? The Westward Hall was the supper club there. They had the concho room. It was the number one supper club in Phoenix, and uh, that's where I met my second wife in the supper club. Okay. And we did a regular Las Vegas style review with an orchestra and six chorus girls, an acrobatic act, and my sister and I. Okay, so, so this idea of the topless dance girls, was that something that was kind of popularized in the 60s? What was the history? Yeah, what was not, the... not until I moved to Hawaii. Okay. That was in the 60s, and it became popular on the mainland. And so I thought, why not do it here in Hawaii? Okay. So I was the first one to introduce topless. Huh. And then three or four years later, 
bottomless. <laughs> oh wait, whoa. Okay, let's let's hold off on the bottomless. Let's get. <laughs> we haven't even like done the topless. <laughs> you know. Okay. Well, every every bar in town was copying, so they every bar had topless waitresses, topless bartenders. And there so, were no uh, regulations at the time. No regulations. Yeah. Merck, have you been to a, I'm sorry to pry in your personal life, but have you been to a topless bar and what do you think of them? And after doing research and exploring this topic, does that make you, you know, this is a different side of entertainment that's kind of been um, lost and also something that, you know, what does it say about the times and, and, and how we view our bodies? Well, I mean, I mean, I have been to a topless bar before. I think it's just, you know, for a heterosexual male, it's something that... Uh, and it was new, something new, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's titillating. And, you know, um, I think it was a different era, though, for Jack. I mean, this was something that kind of groundbreaking in a way for yeah, Hawaii. Right. Here is more common, you know. Now, now it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nothing, but at the same time, it's been so highly critiqued on how we own our bodies and how it's exploited through media and entertainment, right? So there's a sensitivity to nudity now while it's been also overexposed. Like, I feel like there's both going on at the same time. Do you agree? Oh, yes, I agree, definitely. It's been overexposed yeah. because when every bar in town start having topless, yeah. so my clubs at that time i had about six clubs and we went bottomless so that now we're first again with bottomless Ooh. okay will we talk bottomless are we talking female or male entertainers female okay Top, then yeah. bottomless and then on the stage the same thing strippers they used to have to wear sheer bras I got rid of the bras. <laughs> then they had to wear pasties. I got rid of the pasties. What's a pasty? Like a like a nipple cover? Yeah, yeah. covered the nipple. The uh, okay, but okay, off. and I have to ask you two gentlemen what your thoughts on this are. Again, sometimes <laughs> the seduction of a woman. If we are talking about seduction, I mean, there's the aspect of pure entertainment, which is you know totally valid. But I'm talking about. The erotic nature of, of nudity and sometimes a veiled body is more enticing than something that's seen completely right, right? so what are your thoughts on that because you know jack i see i understand you as a, as a as an entrepreneur you're pushing the you know the envelope and trying to draw more customers and also how far can we go with entertainment but what do you that's think more. as a male in terms of what is more intriguing about the woman's body well, well, both are good in their own way. I think a burlesque is being, you know, being the more teasing type. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when you're completely nude, I mean, that's totally different. That's just kind of hardcore, basically. Yeah, right? these were these were young ladies with no talent. They couldn't <laughs> dance. All they could do was walk. And they were waitresses. And then we had the girls that could dance, and they would wear costumes and take it off as an okay. act so you it depended on their ability or what you thought was the draw and yeah. you worked around that yes worked around it first topless then bottomless and then nothing yeah as you'll find out in the documentary jack always told me you have to have a gimmick 
And, and that was Jack's that was way. The gimmick. That was the gimmick. And every okay. time we get arrested, it increased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. I think this is a good time for a break. This is where people keep like, they, they will not shut off the, the station because you're talking about topless, bottomless dancers. You're talking about gimmicks now and being arrested like as it was a regular thing. So let's take a quick break, come back. Maybe you can share a little bit more about why you were arrested and what <laughs> happens back then and what we should know about the history of the naughtiest nightclubs. And the laws of Hawaii. Okay. Okay, under the laws of Hawaii. So we are talking about Hawaii uh, nightclubs. And Jack and Rick are here with me to discuss this through the uh, new uh, film that will be screened. And I'll give you more details on that later, but I'm going to tell you quickly now, it will be in, at the Kahala Theater, which is reopening. Uh, and it will be screened on November 13th and the 18th. And I'll give you more details later, but please, this is a really interesting, engaging uh, discussion with uh, Rick and Jack about the Honolulu's naughtiest nightclub owner. Don't go away. Welcome back. I'm here with Rick Kwan and Jack Sion talking about uh, Rick's new documentary film about Jack's life as Honolulu's naughtiest nightclub owner. And if you're just tuning in, we were kind of setting up the backdrop of the history and context of, of nightclubs and how they were when Jack came into Honolulu and you started, you, you know, you were the brown boundary breaker, creating topless bars, bottomless, as you had mentioned, I'm still trying to figure out how that worked. Um, and uh, yeah, and you mentioned being arrested. So let's start with that. Let's go to try, I'm trying to picture what a bottomless waiter or bottomless performer, are they waiters and performers? Let me just clarify that. Well, no, at first it was just the ladies. Okay. And so after we did bottomless or topless and then bottomless, what's next? So I came up with the idea of men. So we had naked men. We have naked women for the male audience. Now the women wants to see something for their own. So I brought naked men. So that brought in a lot of female audience. All female. 400 for lunch every day. Every Five day. day. <laughs> were, were they even enjoying their lunch? Were they even eating? Oh, <laughs> you know what? The female never travels alone. So she goes with other women. She has to come with the group because... Yeah, it's more it, fun. It's an outing. So we'd have the reservations, and I'd check it in the morning. There would be maybe 10 reservations, but they have 400 people. And this is lunch. This was not like some kind of a seedy nightclub. This was just like a proper daytime. 7.30 until 4 in the afternoon. And we'd get like 25 nurses from Queen's Hospital, <laughs> 10 secretaries from so-and-so bank. They come in groups. And they make the reservation, and they all come with a pocket full of money. Okay. Women have the money. <laughs> <laughs> They're spending their husband's money. Which so I didn't know. Oh. That was a new business for me, but it was the best. Wow. And and okay, so back up a little bit. So um, so after you set up all these nightclubs, then it became you know you opened it up to female uh, audience uh, with male spec 
receptacles, which is kind of reversing it, which is really interesting. Um, Rick, did you have problems finding this type of material to, um, to, to include in the documentary? No, well, Jack had photos of the okay, new still. creators and, All right. uh, in various states of undress. Sometimes, you know, they'd hold a plate or something in front of their uh, groin area or whatever, but other photos showed everything. And so, so how were you able to put that in the film without, is this like a, an R-rated film then? Or <laughs> no, you had to blur things out? I, I, I had to pixelate certain areas <laughs> of the photo. One of the theme songs was tie a yellow ribbon around that old oak tree. Okay. And <laughs> imagination. Put your imagination. <laughs> and when the ladies would come in and pay their door charge, I charged. You had to pay a cover charge to come to lunch. So I gave them a ribbon. I tied it around their wrist when they would pay the cover charge. Okay. And during the show. Butch was our star, and his song was Tie Yellow Ribbon Around the Oak Tree. And the women would line up and tie the ribbon. Yeah. Around yeah. his old oak tree? Yeah, <laughs> he was one of the more well endowed and so guys. He, he ended up with a whole bunch of ribbons. Wow. Wow. Okay. That was the main part of the show. Was there always that's funny? That, I mean, okay, so. Ribbons. Let me just like say, just for people who feel like this is a kind of explore, you know, there are going to be people who feel uncomfortable with this topic or feel like it's morally not right or that we're taking advantage of people. So I just wanted to put that kind of disclaimer out there so that we can have fun talking about it. All right. So we do respect and and, and, and just for people who are, have those concerns just to, um, I guess, take this into consideration. Um, the So the act of playing with, if you will, the male genital as a form of entertainment kind of really flips the idea of who's, you know, who's entertaining who, right? It's really kind of interesting because people don't like to think that women have desires or want to have, or we do, but then it's supposed to be kept behind closed doors. So you've basically put this out on center stage that yes, ladies come, you can have a little dirty fun. It's okay. Right? Right, and it's spread across the world. On the mainland, they have Chippendale. Yeah. Las Vegas still has the waiters. Or not, they don't call them waiters. They're dancers, male dancers that cater to females. Yeah. But would you say that it's also that part of that era was that kind of free, that freedom, you know, that, that whole sex-free attitude that played into the success of that time of being able to do this kind of an entertainment. Yeah, what do you both think? You remember at that time, um, some of the movies that they were showing, Deep Throat made such a hit. Mm-hmm. And everything was changing. They had hair, the Broadway musical hair, and old Calcutta. And I mean, it was, a revolution of nudity. It's old stuff now. The young young people today are not interested in seeing a, a naked woman on stage or a naked man on stage. If I had naked men today, I'd be starving to death. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So, yeah, Rick, you're like nodding your head. Do you think well, that? I was curious that at that age and in the 60s and 70s, were the women 
you typically think of them as being more conservative than they were you? very conservative when they would come in um they were bashful yeah um but they still they tied that ribbon <laughs> but that's why they came in groups but after the waiters got them into a happy mood <laughs> they were wonderful they okay. enjoyed it they were laughing it was nothing serious okay right it wasn't sexual. It okay. was fun. Okay. Right. It's it's <laughs> naughty fun, as the title suggests. It wasn't perverted. That's the word right. I wanted to use. Gotcha. It was fun. And and that's what I'm trying to distinguish is that era. And now we can't do that because we've almost seen too much. And so we can't go back to that kind of almost innocent naughty play. Right. But some of the yeah. women you see when they would go home or when they would come to lunch and they'd see what other men have they'd go home to that little thing they got at home and they, oh my god i'm i'm cheated that's a whole nother story that's a whole nother story well what rick going back to the film yeah. is what do you what did what were your intentions other than to um you know reveal this untold history uh, through Jack's uh, stories, but what do you think this should kind of help us think about in in life? Well, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep with this, but you know, most of my other documentaries, in fact, all of them, were about Asian American pioneers before, and so this is totally different from something like that. And so I think part of it was just I wanted to challenge myself to tell a typically a different story. You know, um, of course, Jack isn't Asian and nightclubs and things like that. I, I've never really dealt with before. Uh, but uh, I, so I just wanted to tell a different kind of documentary. I found a man who had an interesting story who was a big part of Honolulu back in the 60s and 70s. But maybe people don't want to give him the recognition because it was a little, you know, dirty. Per it was se, naughty. Naughty. And so I said, gosh, Jack, you know there's a lot to tell here and not just about that time you know jack does a lot here at the arcadia retirement home too putting on a show every year and mm. they wanted to give him recognition for that as well because uh he's a real vital part of the retirement community people look forward to his project every <laughs> year i mean it gives them something to live for literally you know uh he he has really made an impact on the people here in the retirement home. and so. some of the ladies they're in their 80s and 90s and they'll say I went to your naughty show. <laughs> wow, really? Yes. And I said, did you enjoy it? She said, well, it was educational. <laughs> I have a feeling Crystal might have gone to one of your shows if she was around here. Back yes, then. you you knew it would come. Yeah, you would have come. I would have come. come. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have worked there, but I would have come. <laughs> you would have come. I would have. A whole group of girls yeah. would have come. I would have tied the yellow ribbon, sure. <laughs> and you would have had a wonderful time. Yes, yes, yes. Laugh. That was the thing we sold, not nudity. We sold laughs. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's great. And and going back to that, can I just like, uh, you know, with Rick mentioning your vitality and, and what you're doing with even your community now at the Arcadia, I've heard you know, all these scandalous stories of retirement homes where there's a lot of sex going on, where we don't think about that. Can you just kind of give us a glimpse <laughs> into like, is that true? <laughs> is that, are there what, like little Dory, huh? You mean what goes on? 
Yes. Are there dirty stories that go on in the retirement homes that we should really think about or know about? Oh, come on. You told me there was, he's he's Mr. Stud here at the Arcadia. (laughs) No, um, they um, would like to talk about it. Well, okay. Well, put it this way. I've heard, like, I think it's been even in the news that the reason why children of parents who are in senior homes are very unhappy and um, insecure with it because they think there's so many romantic um, involvements that go on that they actually, I don't know, I mean, this is a gross generalization, but sometimes you hear stories of people changing their wills, for example, for Mm -hmm. these um, partners that they've met in the homes that might be consequential to the children. (laughs) So I'm just saying, you know, the the livelihood in a home that we don't think about and, and what goes on. Um, no, I, I would say there's friendships. But no hanky-panky? <laughs> no, at age. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to be 95. What kind of hanky <laughs> Well, I don't know. That Tell me. At what? 95, I want hanky-panky. I want to sleep at 830. <laughs> okay. I want a nice dessert. Vanilla chocolate ice cream. Wait, can you can you share that one story though you told me Which, uh, about one woman and she? Oh well, yeah, there was one woman that groped me when I first moved in here. Oh, uh, because she said, um, "Do you fool around?" And I said, "No, I'm married. And my wife's with me." She said, "Well, I thought because you had all the nightclubs that you fooled around." No. Interesting. So that's labeling you. Yeah. Yeah. What part did she grab? Oh, really? (laughs) His hairy arm. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) No, but that's also interesting because then it's like, um, like what you get labeled as because of the nature of your business. Like for Rick, you know, I had a talk show in Hong Kong and I talked about sex a lot and people associated that with like my personal experience, but it had nothing to do with the other thing. Uh, But that's how the nature of media and entertainment works. People assume things in very ignorant ways, but at, at the same time, it's a great topic of discussion because it taps into everybody's innermost private thoughts about sex and de- desire and the body, right? Which are very healthy yeah. conversations. So yeah, I want to, what was okay. that? No, I was just saying you're right. You know, Jack got labeled as being kind of a pervert and everything like mm. that, but. Uh, yeah, but uh, he's the one who got t- touched by a f- somebody else. He didn't, gro- <laughs> somebody, yeah, you, you were sexually assaulted. I, I, I didn't do it. I yeah. was innocent. And that's why I stopped going to church. Yeah. Because my wife, of course, is very, strong religious. Catholic and we when we moved here we used to go to church and I opened the nightclubs and one day we were in church and the couple behind us the woman said that's Jack Sion he owns those nasty nightclubs and I, I could hear her telling her husband and I just thought you know like she's thinking what is he doing here in church so oh. I stopped going to church because oh. of that reason. That's really unfortunate. That that type of judgment. But yeah. I always say to this day, my wife never attended the Naked Waiter show. 
but she did became very good friends with Tempest Storm, one of the world famous strippers. And we are the godparents of Tempest Storm's daughter. Huh. It was born here in Hawaii. Wow. And That's so it's, it's a, a, a different world, you know. It is. What, what people think of that nasty man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm sure Rick has done justice and I'm really looking forward to watching the film. Before we remind people how we're going to be able to see this new film, um, I wanted to end with, um, you know, before the break, Jack, you had mentioned kind of the, you know, the, the sexual freedom that we had in the 60s that I unfortunately wasn't there to experience, but you were saying that at Capulani Park even, that was the place to be. Can you just give us a little bit of a, re- let us- Capulani um, Park was a nice place for a walk in the evening and uh, a lay in the grass and it was a place to go, but I wouldn't dare go to Capulani Park today. No. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying back then people could just use the park as kind of a and sit in the park, yes, and sit on the beach. But 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 she was talking about like for yeah. making out or the, having the, the Queen out. Surf used to be the nightclub right there okay. by Capilani Park. So if you went to the nightclub you'd take a stroll with your honey. And I own the Clouds Hotel, which is right on Capilani Park. And that was close. Yeah, it's a whole different world now. And the law at that time, there were no laws. Um, so you could make love in public space and nobody would arrest you? No, uh, for my entertainment, there were no oh, laws. Okay. They would arrest us on lewd and lascivious conduct. That was the term that we had yeah. to go to court for. So, how lewd. many times were you arrested? Oh, 25, 30 oh. times. <laughs> and in those days, they Was had... that in the documentary, Rick? Yes. You know, the thing about Jack was he enjoyed getting arrested because it gave him a chance to get free publicity. Yes. yes. So he would Smart. call the local media groups and say, hey, the police are here and they'll send a crew over and so they'll get him, you know, film him being let off. In the, they had the vice squad. And they would come and buy their own drinks, sit and stop the show. She's under arrest because she didn't have pasties. And so then they stopped the show and then I'd come out, put handcuffs around us. But I'd say, could I go to the bathroom? And they'd say, yes. I go to my office and I call the TV stations and the radio stations <laughs> and the newspaper. And I'd stay there just long enough so they'd all get down there so they could take pictures of us. Some young lady and I getting in the paddy wagon. So it was all part of the act. Part of, yeah. part of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next day, business was so good because they saw it on TV. Oh, did you have to spend time in prison, though? No. Oh, okay. Uh, it was like a slap, slap on the wrist. I had a wonderful attorney. We won every case. Wow. Never wow. lost the case. Hmm. Gee, Rick, imagine if you were a newscaster back then. You would be buddies, and you'd be the first person to call. You. I know. I oh, it's Jack again. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm so happy to hear that, uh, Rick, you did complete this film. And Jack, to hear your your just vitality on not just the, you know, turning something that you loved dancing into something that was um, something that made history uh, here in Honolulu. And it's really um, great to hear these untold stories and it helps us to look at um, the, again, Hawaii's past and our kind of relationship with, with spectacles and the body. So it's really, really fun. So what, uh, Rick, do you want to tell us a little bit about how we can see this during the Honolulu International Film Festival? Okay, it'll be shown in person at the Kahala Mall Consolidated Theater on November 13th at 11 a.m. And it's also being shown on Maui. Gosh, I, I think I mentioned- It's the 18th, 18th I believe. Yeah, 18th, also consolidated uh, on Maui at seven o'clock that evening. So those are the two in-person showings. Uh, I believe they're showing it also virtually too, but you need to check with the HIP website to find out when they're making that available. And I, I is there gonna be any um, dancers at the screenings with no yellow <laughs> ribbon tying, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's going on a cruise at that same I'll be gone for a month. Yeah, I'm on a cruise. But you know, you know, I want to tell you, people would say, um, Jack, what did you do it in the nightclub with all those nude bodies? First of all, my wife's sister was my general manager. Okay. Smart. And my father was head cashier. And so. You couldn't do anything? All the things they accused me of. How could I do that? <laughs> anything. I, when I walked in the club, I had to be a saint. <laughs> well, I hope there are, I mean, I'm sure there are little stories that the film shows about the kind of titillating world that you had produced. And I really look forward to watching it. And thank you so much for sharing all these things. I can't believe you're going on a cruise during the screening, but Jack, that shows a lot about your energy. And I'm really happy for you that you are yeah. traveling. Um, best of luck and continue to be the person you are. I mean, this is just wonderful stuff. Thank you for sharing. And Rick. Love every minute. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing us this uh, important stories and um, give us more. Continue your work as a documentary filmmaker and as your news broadcasting. You know, we're going to expect a lot from you too. Okay. Thanks, Crystal. All right. Thank you. And again, let's go see Honolulu's Naughtiest Nightclub Owner. Um, directed by Rick Kwan, starring Jack Sion. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.